Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. This week's episode is about monsters who attack robots. I, I, well, I was I, I did I did a list of 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 machines and horror films, but I, I mean, done told you I was foggy before we started the episode. I thought you said you were Foghorn Leghorn because he kept. I say I, say, I, say, I, say, I done <laughs> told you. I say I done told you, son. So, monsters that attack machines. <laughs> I did no one said robots. Robots that attack. Wait, what? Monsters <laughs> that attack robots. Now somebody's going to listen to this because our, our listenership's huge, and they're going to go write that screenplay and make a billion dollars. Yeah, I so hope does, it's so at least the as successful as Cowboys versus Aliens. I was actually so what I was thinking of. Does the robot samurai count in RoboCop three? Because mm-hmm. technically he is a monster, but he's also a robot. So is it a robot? Yeah, on he's robot? A monster, now, wait, it's, when it's I he's, think a monster, there's genetic, you know, there's like there's there's a carbon-based life form. When I think of is he is he self-loathing? Because well, I mean he, that would be a form of monster versus robot if he's probably out. And I'm sure there's carbon involved in his makeup. I don't know. I don't know. I don't what like rouge? Yeah, just just slaps on the carbon. So welcome to Bonehead Weekly. Have I already done this part? Yeah, I don't remember. You did it. So we're going to talk about machines and horror films today. And actually, was this James's? This was James's idea. I actually got really excited about this one. Well, I I, I was watching something, which I'm not going to say what I was watching because I'll talk about it eventually. But I was watching something. I'm like, you know, four hours from now, a lot of (laughs) horror films have have a machine that that drives the action. Like there's there's a device there's yeah and so i was sitting there i was watching one and i hadn't watched it in a while and i'm like you know i never thought about this movie goes nowhere unless this device opens a portal to hell or you know does whatever like yeah. there's nothing and then i stopped and think, thought about it. i'm like there's a ton of movies where there's a machine that's built by a human or built by you know somewhere built somewhere and that movie doesn't have a monster or have a have a horror element unless that machine fires up. Or, so is that okay. a so could it be a robot? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would. It better be because they're on my list. <laughs> so can I so, use it? Go ahead, Chad. Well, no. So I have a question too, because this brought up a question for me when you brought up this topic. Two things came to mind, and I have a question about it. So technically. One is, text, is rum, is, neither has punch or rum. No, shit, I fucked it up. Go ahead. <laughs> is Texas Chainsaw Massacre technically a machine horror film? Because without the chainsaw, Leatherface is just some fat guy wearing a mask. I think he'd pick something else up. Does he ever? Yeah, he now never, actually, he never does because it's oh, called the does. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I feel that this is one of those. Uh, this is one of those conservative arguments, like the gun. The gun, the gun itself, <laughs> is not dangering. The it, you know the person yeah, now, who handles the gun. Now I, I didn't think about that question. I really thought Chad, you were going to come with something esoteric, like now let's say it's just a lever. Now a lever is a simple machine. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to say, you know, when they kill the monster with the boulder that they wedge, you know, that wedge technically is a simple. I was well, waiting. That, that, there's there's a second follow up question. This. So technically, <laughs> Texas chainsaw answer by the way is Leatherface. It's not the chainsaw. But keep going. Okay, well, so then yeah, it, his true monstrosity, Chad, is him. It's his mental outlook. It's not really. I mean, yes, he's going to kill and kill again, but. Really, Chad, what drives him to be a monster is not the chainsaw. It's his own inner workings. Uh, but I think the true is monster proven- is their shitty barbecue. All right, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say <laughs> it. It's not that good. 
Booyah, Sawyer's any second now. TCM part two is going to start. Hear that <laughs> shitty 80s music. And there has been instances, though, where he hasn't had a chainsaw and he's completely inept. He can't do anything until he gets that chainsaw. So that's why oh I was my like, God, that's hold on, movie. when are you become the New Jersey devil? What? He was a chupacabra a moment ago. Are you not? I spelled. And no, then I realized. I yeah, told I spelled you it. I was in a fog. I spelled Chupacabra wrong. I realized I didn't know where to put the P, so I changed it to the New Jersey Devil. I'm going to say this out loud. In the toilet. I'm going to say this out loud. <laughs> or on your enemies. And it's going to be stolen. Chad, do you think the reason that is, is that actually the monster is not Leatherface, it's a chainsaw, and that he tries to be a good person without the chainsaw? We need to write that movie. It's a cursed chainsaw. Leatherface don't well, want to kill them people. He don't want to you, wear that mask. If you, look in part, if you look in part two... He's really cares about that woman in his own sick minute way. But when he gets that chainsaw, oh, his belly's flopping all over well, the place. He's ready on. to kill. Because let's quote the movie correctly. Sex. Who knows what the hell sex is? But the saw. The saw is family. So there you go. That's why I'm saying Texas Chainsaw Massacre might be a machine horror film. Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. What's your second okay. question? Second question. Is Child's Play a machine horror film? Ooh. I think oh, that's so. That's a good question. That's a good, I mean, it is, it, but, and all that begs the question though. And I guess that's my caveat. It does become organic over sequels. Well, uh, and the flip side of that, flip side of that though, is in my mind, and again, this is open to interpretation. That's why we do the show and we don't tell each other what we're going to talk about. In my mind, again, my thought was the machine leads to horror. In Child's Play, the machine itself wasn't bad until a bad soul got put in. And he's Gentlemen. Gentlemen, you're forgetting the reboot. Yeah, there's no bad soul there. It's nope, I haven't, I haven't. I'll it, be honest, I haven't seen it yet. Actually, the reboot is better than it has any right to be. I agree I, with I you. Want to, I want to watch it. I just haven't. Not a fantastic I'm, film, but entertaining for 85 yeah. minutes. Solid, it's solid, a, entertaining, 85, and actually much more vicious than the original. And I'm it's all about it. AI. So, yeah. I mean, it's the machine. It's not a soul. That's Can, fine. Do you That's agree fine. it's more vicious than the original? Yep. It's a darker film. I'm mm -hmm. I'm watching uh Midnight Mass with my wife right now. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm a few episodes in that, but I'm I'm going back and catching up on Lovecraft Country, which I, I'm two episodes or I'm an episode and a half in. And so far I, I still prefer the book, but it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. So yeah, I was just kind of curious because I think I think I, I agree with I kind of agree with the argument that Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't a machine horror film. But I have strong arguments about Chucky, even the, the 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 first part, the first ones, because technically, yeah, it is a soul, but he's a soul in a machine. So what's the best machine monster of all time? Ooh. I think I know the answer. Your I, know thoughts, the most, I think the most popular one would be the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's a yeah. monster. It's a machine. It, yeah. Well, and it, it's it's acting on its programming, right? I mean, it is it is doing its job. It is. Now, it's not my favorite, and the ones I'm going to bring up are just dog shit. No, no, right they're with you. Yeah. The ones that the ones that came and to I mind, like them, but they're bad, bad, yeah, that's, bad that's, movies. And, and that's one of the things that came to my mind was I was sitting there going, "These are all movies that I watch and I enjoy," but at the same time, I'm like, "These are not." Now, one of them I will defend quite a bit, but. Matter of fact, I'm going to defend quite a bit, and and uh, hopefully y'all don't say too much bad because I'm trying to get the screenwriter to do her show. That being said, uh, the 
uh, yeah, a lot of it's really hard to do machine horror. It's a lot easier to go spooky, spooky zombie or ghost or something like that because that you can't explain away. Whereas a machine, you can go just unplug it <laughs> or you know whatever. Uh, just you know, don't want like a house. Why don't we leave? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I but, think. And I, 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 sorry, go ahead, James. But yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the flaws with a lot of monster machine monster movie where the machine is the horror is okay you know if it's not to pick on the mangler it's it don't go near it just don't go <laughs> there's no <laughs> yeah the mangler is by far the weirdest machine horror film because but, it's, all right all you have to do is not use the fucking thing they, the building here the thing is though that was going to be my number one you guys go stole it so well, here's the thing about the manglers it came out in the early 90s from new line sentiments based on a really 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 not uh well it's not as bad as graveyard shift but it's not a great short story by stephen king by the way technically graveyard shift could be a machine horror film yeah by the way flip side of that mangler as i learned from reading his book on writing is actually basically him fictionalizing working on in a laundromat right yeah he worked in a laundromat and they had a machine and he wrote it while he was there it's it's just well and it's they nicknamed it the machine the other employees called it the mangler Mangler. yeah and basically it is that that family guy episode with ooh a spooky lamp that's it it was he was there and he wrote a movie about wrote a short story about it now years later it became a movie directed by uh why did i not forget toby hooper's name directed by toby hooper and robert england i remember the trailer almost vividly to this day it's got a great trailer like yeah it does masters of horror are bringing you the ultimate terror blah 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 robert england toby hooper and stephen king now the issue is it's a 10 to 15 page story it and actually it's probably longer than that i think i think that's a night shift chad do you know off the top of your head what that came out in i don't off the top of my head man i'm sorry so the I'm going to, I told you all that to say that it's not a good movie. Uh, Robert England has some great scene chewing scenes that make no sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> the next time since it stars a, one of the best character actors of all time. I forgot Buffalo. Ted Bill. Levine. Ted, Ted Levine, Levine. Who is incredibly miscast as the lead. Yeah. <laughs> it is not Agreed, shift, everybody. Yeah, it's not a shift, by the way. And it's night shift. Okay. Everybody agree with that. He's incredibly miscast. He's a great character actor, but he should never have been the lead of the main. You can't even hear, you can't even make out some of his dialogue. No. Which works on other things, but it doesn't really work. If he's on a CB talking about candy cane and joyride, he is horrifying. He should not be the lead detective in this. So basically the mangler, mangler feeds on blood. Somehow it, got, it gets virgin blood on it and comes alive. And then at the end of it, it gets Bella. He's eating these things, which have something like Belladonna or something in it. And it basically it's a spirit thing. It gets, I, it's hard to explain. Somebody it help is. me out. It's hard to, dude, I can't even explain it myself. You just have to watch it for the insanity of it. So long story short, I'm going to tell a story that was told to me by Jim Cummings. That's right. The voice of Darkwing Duck. He was the voice of the Mangler. Did not know that. To this day, that's the worst damn job. Worst thing he's ever been involved with was the Mangler. After we were, I'm going to tell the story that he tells, but after we were off stage, I said, Jim, yes, you fat man. He didn't say this. He was actually nice. He goes, did you actually work with Toby Hooper when you're doing the voice? He goes, I mean, I wouldn't call it work. 
<laughs> and I said, "Was well, I said, well, he has the notoriety of sometimes being on cocaine. He goes, well, that would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so we did all these voices for it. Well, he went to the theater. All that. That's all Jim Cummings for the movie. He went to the theater and he was watching it. And he says, it's just as bad as I thought it was going to be when I saw the script and I'm doing it. In fact, it's worse because I kept screaming because I was the only one in the theater, wherever it was outside of L.A., going, turn the goddamn thing off. Unplug it from the wall. Unplug (laughs) it from the wall. He was screaming it. And the best part of the movie is he's watching the credits and the credits slowly come up and it gets to the mangler voice of the mangler says James Cummings. (laughs) And he was never so happy (laughs) that they got it all wrong. Oh my gosh. But I said all that to What's say. What's the check you, made out to the right person? That's what right. matters. I said all that to say, if you turned on the Mangler right now, there is about five scenes I would rewatch right now. I'm right there with you. Yeah, and I, it's a shit show of a film. It is a terrible, terrible film, but I will watch it for some certain parts that I just find utterly entertaining, and it makes no sense because I watched it year, a few, a couple of years ago, and I really didn't say, why didn't they just walk out of the room? <laughs> they just didn't walk out, and at the end, of course, the Mangler has to get it starts to walk off on its own and then it starts to explain that doesn't even explain how it gets back or that Robert English yeah. is running the plant and how this is making him money. It doesn't explain any of that. No, yeah. none of it. But we did get Mangler two and Mangler reborn, correct? which I have That's actually true. never seen. I haven't either. I just feel like it would just be a letdown after the hold on, hold on. So you haven't seen Mangler reborn. What if no. the Mangler's in the room with you right now? It wouldn't shock me. <laughs> I've got uh, some pants that need wrinkled. They got wrinkled. You need a wrinkle. He's got pants that need wrinkled and he needs them now. I want to look like I was getting some action. Yeah. So, <laughs> so The Mangler is not a good movie. It's actually probably one of Toby Hooper's worst films, which is saying something because the man made one of the, if not the best horror film of all time. You can never take Texas Chainsaw Massacre away from him. I know people take away poltergeist away from him. you just can't take texas chainsaw away from him or but part he also two. gave us the main would you say or part two i love part two no I'd- it's the antithesis you're right it's 180 he's like fuck it i'm not making that again i'm going to do a 180 degree turn and then you know pissed only off two people can say that toby hooper and sam raimi yeah yeah that's true that's absolutely true i'm not making that again although i'm just going to remake it so yeah. toby hooper by and large I'm a fan, made a lot of turkeys, and a lot of them aren't as bad. Although, I will say the Mangler is pretty. It's shot nice. Yeah, it is. It has, it's, it's wonderfully shot. There's a lot, if you're in the gore, according to some of the producers, uh, Toby was too much actually into the gore and not so much into the plot. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a movie about a possessed, uh, possessed uh, ironing uh, machine, iron. industrial ironing machine. ironing machine that kills people. Ironing yeah. machine that kills people. Who's next? So I'm machine. Ga- James, you mind if I go second? Since oh, go by all means. Uh, this is where you was, tell him, fuck you. Mangler was close to number one for me, but I'm going to do the other number one, and it happens to be Stephen King. We have to talk about Maximum Overdrive. It's oh. the ultimate. Love Maximum Overdrive, but it's such a bad movie. Sweetie. <laughs> machine just called me an asshole. This movie is awful, but in incredibly quotable and clear and it's honestly it's terrible it's entertaining in its terribleness 
I mean, that's all there is to it. It's one I, of those, oh, it's one of those rare exceptions where you're going, this is a piece of shit. You know, I the, can't stop watching, watching it. Watching it. You know, the scene that scared me as a kid and then immediately, even as a kid, because I was really easy to scare as a kid. And, before and, you, before you tell me, let me guess. So you go ahead with your story. When I was a kid, I was, it, I was really, I never did horror films, but my brother is on TBS or something. My brother said, oh, we gotta watch this. We gotta, I want to watch. And I was, it's probably the first time I heard it on TBS. I was still really young. And for some reason, he was like, it's about trucks that move around. And he more or less convinced me it was Night Rock. It's what he tried yeah. to do. And I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll watch it. And there was a scene that honestly scared the living daylights out of me. And I was easy to scare as a kid. It was, I mean, literally, it, it wasn't hard at all. And it would stick with me for days. But this particular movie, after this scene happened, I literally went, wait a minute. And I was not scared by the rest of the movie. And it had no effect on like Maximum Overdrive was probably a horror movie I could watch because it was so ludicrous. And I was entertained, by the way. But it was even as a kid that was the easiest kid to scare, it had no effect on me after this scene. Even though the initial scene, I was like, what the? But then I was like, wait a minute, that wouldn't work. And I was fine. Go ahead, Chad. You want to guess it? Oh, man. It's one of two things. I'm going to just go for the easy one and say, is it the steamrolling scene? No. Is it the gas station scene? No. The gas in the eye. Oh, what is it then? Drive through. Were there the drive through and the drive through just starts going humans hair, humans oh, really? hair. That's oh, really? Is it the voice? That scared you? Here, no, here's why it scared me. Because I was like, well, where were you hide? There's microphones everywhere. And you know why it automatically unscared me? This is literally, I was, I, I was probably seven or eight. I mean, I was young. It literally dawned on my head. I was like, wait a minute. There's no vocal cords. Like a truck, you could. In my mind, it was, oh, just power steering, and if you could manipulate that. But there's nothing to a speaker that you could manipulate that would make a human voice unless there's input into it. And immediately, even at seven, I was like, okay, this is just a stupid movie. And I had fun with it. I, I, it's probably the first horror movie, quote-unquote, that I watched that I made it all the way through without getting freaked out after that because I was like, wait a second, this is all ludicrous. Even at seven or eight, I was like, I'm not afraid of any of this now. Because that one scene, but it wasn't, I mean, I, it's been a long time, but that scene, humans here, humans here. I was like, oh, no, that was that did it. But it was also, like I said, so ludicrous that even seven, eight-year-old me was like, meh, okay, this is fun. See, knowing James, I really thought he was going to say it's the scene where the, the gas gets thrown in the guy's face. I thought it was just, I thought that was going to be what James said. God. I drink Mountain Dew every day. It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> That's true. But no, yeah, I, but yeah, that the 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 soundtrack, everything about that movie makes you want to hate it. But when no, it's on, hold on, not the soundtrack. No, it's got a great no. ACDC soundtrack. No, I'm talking about the murder scenes. Whenever that, oh. ear, 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 no, it's it's a blatant Hitchcock psycho ripoff that just is awful. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and it has some great scenes in it. But man, yeah, it's the true. I thought. You said Terminator, but in term in terms of me, when it talks about machine horror, it's the antithesis of a machine horror film because it's literally every machine on earth trying to kill you. <laughs> For no good reason. I mean, what are they really going to get out of it? Oh, we control the planet, but now we don't have any way to pump us full of gas. Exactly. What purpose does this serve? <laughs> what purpose does this aliens uh, possessing all these machines? What is the end game here? And there's not. <laughs> well, and it's got a great cast, uh, several of them. Uh, what Yearly Smith would go on to voice Lisa Simpson for uh, yeah, Emilio. Uh, you, you left out Herman's head, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And it also has uh, Pat, oh, geez, I can't think of his name. It's great Healy. character, Pat Healy, who was in a ton of Clint Eastwood films. Who's in? He's just a great, great Commissioner Gordon actor. from there the Michael go. Tim Burton Batman films. Just a fantastic character actor. And probably the best, uh, uh, Estevez, to use the name Estevez. Sorry, Joe. Joe Estevez, not Joe Lewis. Screw you. Oh, what? I don't give a shit. Sorry, Joe Estevez. Estevez or not. Sorry, Joe Estevez, but I prefer, you know, your nephew. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. If Joe Estevez is a fan, I apologize. I don't know why you're watching our podcast. Go make War Wolf 2. Anyway. <laughs> so, it, yeah. That's one of those Dino De Laurentiis. It's also got a great trailer. I have the poster for it, which is amazing. It's got him. Uh, it's got Stephen King. Was like doing a puppet thing. It's fantastic. Love that trailer. Steve, if you ever you have seen it, right? Oh yeah. It's where he's completely play. cracked out of his on his out of his, his head. He was on cocaine at the time, right? Right. Yeah, he was on cocaine the whole time. And the whole and the other thing about this, uh, he, it was his only last and only direct directed movie. And he admittedly, not only was he high on cocaine, he didn't want to have any contact with the actors. He only wanted to be with the machines. Yeah, that's all. It was fun. Yeah, it was it was just a, it was just a, a a a kid in a candy store moment for Stephen King. And by the way, I bet it was fun driving the big green goblin truck and doing. I bet that was just oh my oh. god, you can make it do this, and then we're gonna blow that shit up. I bet it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, it had to have been fun. Yeah, at that time, but you know, of course, the end product did not produce anything. But it's still, it, it is a classic. Regardless of what you say, people it is love a that movie. People love that movie. The guy that played Joey, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the big guy, the pet, uh, whatever son of the, yeah. the the or son or nephew or whatever. Remember the big yeah, guy. Yeah. So he does conventions now. I met him at Harlan Haunt Fest two years ago. He he goes around. There's a guy, and and we added on social media. He, there's a guy that rebuilt the truck and he'll go around with the truck the green goblin truck it looked by the way looks amazing i mean if you wanted to build it right to have it right out here i'm sure it's cool he goes to conventions they do photo ops people love that movie that's amazing yeah so james, james what do you james what do you have i want to talk about a movie that so this is what actually made me think of, the, of this topic because i was watching this movie and to be honest the machine part of it I didn't remember until I rewatched it. I hadn't seen this movie in probably 10 years, but I, I quoted occasionally. And then I was watching it, and I was like, you know, it, 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 the reason it spawned this idea in my head was nothing happens in this movie if the machine doesn't work. And so the movie itself is, uh, uh, it basically is about a machine that harnesses souls and traps them and then forces them, and it's going to open a portal to hell. And I have seen this movie several times, haven't seen it in about eight years, and I rewatched it. I'm like, I had totally forgotten this, what this is about. It's 13 Ghosts. The oh, 13 Ghosts. Yeah. It, but it, I was rewatching it, and I was like, oh, you know, and if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you should. It's fun. I don't think about it too much, but it's fun. Mm -hmm. uh, Matthew Lillard, uh, F. Murray Abraham, Tony Shalhoub. Uh, anyway, um, but the house itself is a machine, but when they see it, it looks like an all-glass house. There's even the line, first rule, nobody throws stones. But it's an all-glass house, but there's things carved into the wall and all of that stuff of the glass, and it's you find out later it's to keep the, the ghost controlled and all that stuff. But ultimately, the entire house is set up to where certain doors will open at certain times, and at one point, 
the 13 ghosts will be held in one area and there'll be a human sacrifice in the middle of the room. But the entire house itself is a machine. Mm -hmm. And I was watching, I was like, I had totally forgot about that plot point. I really had it. It never even dawned on me that the entire house is a machine. And that's what made me think about this topic for an episode because I was like, you know, ultimately, yes, the machine is built by somebody and there is this goal of doing X, Y, and Z. But this machine itself exists for the sole purpose, and I forget what it's called. It's the, the Oculus Infernum or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's meant to open the eye of hell. And and I was just in my mind, I was watching it going, and that and that eye had pink eye. <laughs> well, in my mind, and, and it's cool though because if I was reading it in a book, I would actually probably go, "Well, that's weird, right?" Because my mind would automatically want, "Well, now." I want the author to explain, oh, you know, here's where they found the plans. It was in this ancient book written by a madman. The movie doesn't do any of that because all it has to do is say, look at this weird spinny thing. And we're going to trap kids inside this later on as the floor spins and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm down for the ride. And it's one of those rare occasions when movies do certain things that books can't get away with. Because if it was a book, I'd be like, wait a second, you're going to have to define the machine better for me. And the film, I'm like, okay, that's moving. So that's doing something. So we got that going for us. 13 Ghosts is not a flawless film. But I was like, you know, the idea of a, of a machine built by a man opening yeah. a portal to hell isn't interesting. Because the entire time, spoiler, it's done by his uncle, who's played by F. Murray Abraham. His uncle oh, my Cyrus, God, I hadn't seen it. His uncle Cyrus has spent his entire career trying to build this Poor machine dude. to open a portal to hell. And in the back of my mind, who wants that? Like, who, like, wouldn't that be somewhere if somebody handed you the plane going, here's a here's a blueprint, build this machine, open a portal to hell. Why don't you just go, yeah, no, I'll burn this. this we don't need this. What is this for? But I said in a movie, I was like, well, that's interesting. I'll give them credit. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, though, because it never dawned on me, that's a machine horror film. If, if, the, if, if the house doesn't work, that's not a movie. It's, oh, look, we inherited this weird house. Let's sell it for parts. Who's up next? You are. I am? Yes. yes. Well, went first. I'm so sorry. I, I was actually looking for something else and forgot to pull up my next one. Who You ready, Chad? You go, you skip me. Sure. Uh, I am going to go full on crappy 90s films, oh, uh, horror damn. films. Are you going to take the other one I was going to do? And if we're talking about really bad horror films from the 90s, you don't get more cornier than Ghost in the Machine. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's in the title, guys. Is that was that going to be the one? No, no. I'm 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 actually torn between two for my next one. So I'm glad you took that one. That one's directed by What's Her Face, who directed Freddy's Dead, right? Uh, Rachel Talley. Rachel Talley directed one of your favorite movies. Yeah, Tank Girl. Yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those miss. Uh, so no, I mean it's. Oh man, if you watch it, it is every cliched horror '90s horror film trope. It is just terrible. There's even a bad VR. Uh, scene in it and uh, (laughs) it's so if you don't know what it's about it's all about this serial killer who is going on to his next victim he dies in a car accident he's getting an mri done there's an electrical storm and for some reason lightning hitting an mri mri machine instantly gets your soul sucked out of your body and into the power grid (laughs) which allows him to possess multiple machines did anybody do like a pure reviewed study of that 
Oh man, it's to, and and there's the thanks, I, I would I would even want to think about what the IRB process would thanks, look like. Thanks, 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 thanks. Anyway, keep going. No, I mean it's just it, you it, you should watch it just for the sheer fact of they got the whitest white kid ever That's to try true. to to try to act like a gangster, gangster. Yeah, a, a 90s rapper. Oh, it is so terrible. And I mean, and, and, you know, it's, you have every type of machine killing people. You have a, you have a pool, try to, uh, the, 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 the thing that closes over a pool to keep the, 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 the leaves out, kill somebody. You have a, a, a electric, I mean, every machine you can think of kills somebody. And that building. stars Karen black. I mean, uh, Karen, um, Indiana Jones. Yeah. So that lady. Yeah, not Karen Black. Karen, Karen Allen. Karen, Karen Allen. Allen. Thank you, James. Jesus, I thought one of you was an Indiana Jones fan. And yeah. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the uh, hero of the film. He's another. Uh, uh, oh man, why am I forgetting? <laughs> I honestly can only remember the death scene of the villain when he's in the car accident, laughing as he's dying, as he's going through the accident. He's technically not dead in that scene. It's when he gets to the MRI and is struck by lightning, and his soul is sucked into the MRI. Peer reviewed. Um, Chris Mulkey. <laughs> Chris Mulkey is the 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 the, the lead. Uh, so is. you would if you looked him up, you go, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a shitty one. I'll give you uh, another. Let's follow up. And this one, I don't know. I'm going to ask you. It has machines in it, but technically, those machines are controlled by aliens. Let's talk about Virus from 1999. You know, I have avoided Virus. So go ahead, talk about it. You probably <laughs> should did you avoid, avoid viruses. Is this? I just could not get, I was like, you got a vaccine. I've never seen it. It was just one of those nineties horror films where I saw the trailer and I'm like, I have no desire to see that. Okay. And, uh, it's not good. Yeah. It's, it's based on a comic book, right? It's I'm based on a comic book by the same and guy that, hold on. I'll tell you. Give and me and while, while Joe's looking, if any of any of our few viewers come up to me and say, you, you skipped virus, but you watched ghost in the machine and I'll say, fuck you. <laughs> In all fairness, so to our viewers, he that's actually his standard greeting. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah sir, everybody thinks I'm the mean one, but you know, sir, hey, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, Chad? Fuck you. <laughs> you want a hot apple pie with that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we've been kicked out of a lot of McDonald's. Yeah, Chuck Pafar, <laughs> who wrote, uh, who's one of the writers of Dark Man, actually wrote the comic book and wrote the screenplay for that movie. He actually also wrote a comic book that I quite enjoyed that Stephen, uh, shit, that, uh, uh, John Carpenter said that that's what he would have done for the sequel. He wrote the sequel to the thing comic book form. And it's actually pretty good. If you ever get a chance to check it out, I have it here in the basement somewhere. So virus is directed by one of those guys that came from Cameron who did special effects and all that. You, you guys remember this, they, everybody would get their shot. You know what I mean? There's about a 10, 15 year period there where these special effects whiz would get their shot at bat to direct a movie. And he directed it. Stars Jamie Lee Curtis and one of the forgettable Baldwins. But I, not I, Joe Estevez. I think, uh, no, I think it's a. I think it's Adam Baldwin. I think it's a. It. And Donald Sutherland. And basically what it is, is this, this crew, they are out and they find the ship. They're going to, and uh, it gets. No, it's, it's William of, Baldwin. Hey, we got backdraft out of William Baldwin. Well, who the fuck is Adam Baldwin? Is he the cousin that isn't actually a Baldwin? I thought Adam Baldwin was a. Uh, That's Firefly, right? Firefly, Firefly, yeah. So you take that back. 
All right. Fuck William Baldwin. Daniel Baldwin is who we're looking for. <laughs> I like Daniel Baldwin in Vampires. Oh, man. You can't we, argue that one. And we do like Harley Davidson in the Marble. Man. I do like Harley Davidson in the Marble. That, oh, God, that's, that's a bad movie. But yeah. I enjoy it. So <laughs> enjoy it. Makes and yet joke. you'll sit here, and by the way, people, he'll sit here and talk about Harley Davidson the Marble Man, but he'll sit here and shit on Willow and Goonies. He's I guess Willow, <laughs> it's just boring. I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't get attached to it as a kid. And Goonies, <laughs> I just rewatched, and you completely agreed with me of the plot holes in Goonies. Oh yeah, no, I it, no the whole plot holes make no the movie makes that no movie sense. Makes no sense. It bounces still, like a ball. I still love it. Bounces and by like, the way, I'm looking at a still image of Virus, and there's like a guy who's completely covered in different wires and stuff. Yeah. That also, looks pretty cool. It is, it's not a bad movie in the sense of it's not unwatchable. I would put it up there about two shades below Leviathan, which is another movie that has a great cast that just doesn't come together in the third. Actually, Leviathan's written by David Peoples, who wrote who wrote on Blade Runner and wrote Unforgiven, by the way. I always find that <laughs> fascinating. So I wonder what didn't just work out, right? What didn't translate yeah. to screen? But Virus, you guys accept that? Well, since Chad hasn't seen it, James, what about you? You've seen it. James. I mean, that's, that's fair. It's a, I mean, it's a machine that... Yeah. They're machines, basically, though, possessed by aliens. Yeah, but I mean, they started... For lack a of machine, a better way to phrase so, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's an alien that takes over machines and attacks them. Jamie Lee would later say that this movie got delayed several times and it was a huge budget. And of course it didn't work out for anyone involved, but she would have said the outfit where she's in the, it's a, like an orange survivor outfit. If only they like, and, and I'm quoting, well, I'm misquoting, but I'm getting the gist of it. Basically they didn't show her tits enough. Like it wasn't, it wasn't tight fitting. It looked bad on her. And she was like, anybody, and, and this is the woman saying this, we would have sold more tickets if they had just got a better costume. But I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's just, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's up next? James, James go. Yeah, I, I, I'll go with one that and I, I dream that one day we'll be able to get the screenwriter on our show. So if y'all are going to say bad things about this, we've talked about it this depends. movie before. It is one of the uh, a movie that I love. It's Event Horizon. The core. I, I will never show on Event Horizon, James. It's one of. I agree with you. I love no, Event the, Horizon. But the core, the machine in that film drives the horror. And quite frankly, the way they visualize that, that core is a creepy set piece. It's I do prefer Paul, Sphere. <laughs> it's Paul Anderson's <laughs> best film. Ain't it saying is. much. Right. But it's no, no, but it's flawed. I always feel like that's another one of those flawed third act things of bringing it together at the end. But the, in 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 defense of him, there's a longer cut that does not exist out there. Correct, guys? Yes, yes. And, and there was scenes filmed that never and and uh, I've heard Anderson say that even if they found them now, that to upgrade them to what because they've up, already upgraded to mm -hmm. 4K or whatever, he said, you know, they nobody's going to pay to up, even if we find the film. They can't uh, because, find it. There, there's about yeah. 20 or 30 minutes cut out of that movie. Well, and but even just the torture scene. So if you've not seen Event Horizon, which you should see, it's one of my favorite films. Um, but there's a scene in it where they get raw data and and it's splotchy. By the and way, all it's that Brett stuff. Spotter going, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd watch that movie. Raw uh, anyway. data. <laughs> Did you um, like raw deal? Uh, but going. 
it it is uh, so anyway the the movie itself is and and this has been used in other films since then it's that the shortest distance is a straight line and then they do and there's another film and i'm forgetting which one but it was a really popular film that did the exact same scene with somebody then going no no the shortest distance is nothing and then they do it with the same thing i forget what film did that where i was like well you just stole from revenge horizon but basically the the core of this ship it's meant to help people travel faster you can think for a star trek parallel it's warp speed but what it actually does instead of moving the ship the theory is that it holds the ship in a confined in in confinement so to speak and it moves the universe around it well spoiler alert the core screws up or maybe the core does exactly what the core is supposed to do but it stops off it makes a little pit stop at a dimension that's hell and it picks up some stuff mm-hmm. it stops and, in new jersey and then it <laughs> no stops uh stops you haven't even been in new jersey i've been to the airport i have been to new jersey i've stayed in new jersey i saved it i stayed in a nice place called the budget uh the budget motel of new jersey it was uh the year my friends was about 2002 oh my god i've heard this story and uh the the headboard had shag carpet on and i will never ever i don't think i've washed myself more in my life than what i got out of that place Uh, anyway um but yeah, so the core, it, it works. It, it does, I mean, it travels, but they lose contact with it for a number of years. And so they send Dr. Weir, who's played by Sam Neill and played really well by Sam Neill, and, and a recovery team to it, with, including Lawrence Fishman. And, uh, and, and things, as you might imagine, do not go well. <laughs> I think that's still a bit of a stretch. What do you mean? As far as it being a machine movie. I mean, the machine kind of opens up the demons and lets well, yeah. them out. But if the, if the machine doesn't work, the movie doesn't happen. But the machine was also created by Dr. Weir, and he's the one who operates the machine. That's true, but he doesn't... Weir isn't bad until he goes bad. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Like he is, he is a scientist. Agree. Now, he has some baggage. Yeah, I no, I didn't say he's a sympathetic... Well, he's not really a villain in the movie. He's just, you know... No. And, I, and the question becomes is is that even dr weir by the end uh, what were you gonna say chubb no i agree with james that it is a machine i do agree with it, james it is a machine movie because without the machine there is no plot it's all about this machine that can open up a, a, a plot to hell a, a, a hole to hell whatever you want to call it well so, okay yeah, where okay. we're going you don't need eyes so i'll piggyback on it because my next one I don't know is either because I have an argument about it. And mine is another just tour de force. This movie came out in 1984, was written by someone who, and then directed by him too, who had one hit after another and continued having hits with his novels. You're right. I'm talking about Tom Selleck's Runaway. You mother. That was your next one. That was, your next one? That was my next one. I All right. Well, jump in. One. Jump in with me on this one. Gene Simmons, for yeah. the most part, runs the Runaways. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's the one. Gene that Simmons them. is a villain. So I yeah. love this kid as a movie. I mean, I love this movie. As a kid. <laughs> I love this kid as a movie. I mean, he's just got it all. Uh, but I love this movie as a kid. I I haven't watched it recently. I I I've tended to avoid it. You I probably should because I've tried to re I've tried to rewatch. I, I, and I like Tom Selleck, by the way. I, I uh, no, Tom I do Selleck too. I'm like, yeah, never really got the credit he was due. He's a great television star, and I think he's just a role or two away from being a film star. But yeah. back to Runaway, 
but they're run by Gene Simmons. But it's it takes place in the future where he is a runaway cop. Well, runaways are uh, machines. Once again, this was written and directed by Michael Crichton, and he would revisit theme parks and machines and technology going awry many 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 times chad to many yeah. many many dollar bucks to quote the bluey show yeah i mean no fairness look at his look at his catalog of novels so westworld yeah, I mean, and jurassic park are the same plot terminal man i mean you could you could i could list i, I have I'm actually right watching terminal man with george siegel over here i've found it on Turner classic movies i've never seen it Hold on, it's on. Oh man, I've been so I've never seen it. I've always wanted to see it because I'm a big fan of the novel. So it's yeah, boring. I'm kind of curious now to watch the movie. I mean, Damn to it. read the book because I loved crazy. it in high school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he kills every hour or two or whatever it is, and they did. Yeah. Picture. Anyway, so that, he revisits this. And Michael Crichton also gave us ER. Michael Crichton's a great writer. I, I'm yes, not taking anything away from it. It works. It great works. Great like, yeah, it just works yes. really well. All these stories. I mean, who can take anything away from Westworld or Jurassic Park? But they he's a cop who chases down runaway robots, right? Chad? Yeah, they're, they're these robots who essentially are there to help human beings. And every now and, and this is his sole job in the police force is essentially some of these machines sometimes go astray and he has to go in to, to, to kill take them, to, out. To take them out. Now, some people would say, oh, like Blade Runner, but let me take it one step further so you're telling me they ripped off the bruce willis film surrogates <laughs> never seen surrogates <laughs> yeah you. except i wanted to be one of three people that can reference surrogates and i've done so it's not it's, bruce willis is not one of them now yeah, i can it, fade into the mist all of that and it's just like blade runner except instead of human beings you have these little black boxes <laughs> yeah yeah they're not quite, yeah, they're not quite what you'd think Gene yeah. Timmons is the big baddie, and he's trying to. T- I don't even remember. He's using like a magical bullet that can chase people down and shoot them. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yep. And he's trying to take him out. So that's the, when I was researching this, I, I told you I was going to go to the bottom of the barrel. And obviously, Chad decided to do the same thing. I am not didn't know we were fucking around in the same barrel. And I'm not joking when James said, let's do machine horror. It was the first one on my list. Oh, <laughs> so I'm glad you were talking about it. But yeah. Gene. <laughs> basically is making them some of those go crazy is it still machine horror i guess it is it's still the machine because technically just... maximum overdrive gives us a lame-ass explanation at the end that we went through or at the beginning that we're going through a cloud and then one of our satellites takes out an alien spaceship and it all kind of ends right yeah and it's yeah. just it's the same thing with event horizon if you don't have the machines you don't have a plot so yeah it's machine horror complete well it's not it's not even really machine horror it's machine action <laughs> it's just there's some dead people in it. i don't know i was pretty <laughs> traumatized by that mustache <laughs> all right sorry all right. i took that one no that's okay so i have a backup i actually had two backups the only reason i was not using these is because we mentioned these in previous episodes but we've mentioned mangler maximum overdrive in previous episodes so i'm yeah. going to do this one same thing. What happens if you have machines that suddenly go berserk for no reason whatsoever, and you're actually on another planet? Screamers. Yeah, I, I'm glad you did it. Uh, because I think, man, I haven't watched it in a while. That, that movie is glued together by the plot and Peter Weller. Yeah, I actually, um, I saw it a few years ago. I still love this film. It's one of those ones that just kind of came and went. It didn't get a lot of press. And again, it was it was in that whole, it, it fell into that whole genre of 
90s horror films that they were just oh we have scream let's throw everything and then it was just this kind of got lost in the shuffle and it's low budget it was made it's by a low, low budget, budget filmmaker um I, I that's what i'm curious about i haven't seen that long is that streaming anywhere not that i'm aware of it's a good movie it really is if you're into science fiction if you're a fan of peter weller i think that would probably be one of his last films before he just left the business to go study art right yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. but i it's also got jennifer rubin in it yeah and it's um it's uh the, the director is Christian Du I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher his name. He's from Canada, Christian Duguay. I mean, he's directed things like uh The Art of War with Wesley Snipes and uh Boot Camp, I could, a live wire. He actually directed all the, the scanner sequels too. <laughs> yeah, but scanners I, two and three. But no, and, and I'm um, hearing as screamers is his best film. Yeah, we uh, on the show. I would love to talk to him. He also did the assignment with uh, Aiden Quinn, Don Sutherland, and Ben Kingsley. But um, yeah, the, so Screamers is all about they're on this planet and they're, um, they're trying to fight these machines that go underground and they kill people. And right before you kill them, right before you're killed, you hear the machine make this loud scream. From the blades. From the blades. And that's why they're called Screamers. And it's all about them trying to, to hunt down these, these machines on this planet to protect them. It's a mining yeah planet they're trying to protect the industry civil war between the the guild and it's yeah a, it's, it's a trope it's, yeah but yeah. yeah as we've talked about before and i've mentioned it before but if in the story the the we should say and the movie tries to allude to it and if you know the story you see it but one of the things that happens in the story is that the machines by the end you start to realize they're getting ready to head toward their own civil war because they're differentiating from one another and that's actually how it ends it's, yeah war is natural so to speak in and credit where credit's due it's direct it's based on a short story called second variety by philip k dick who also gave you do androids dream of electric sheep if you're a fan of blade runner that's what the book yeah. is blade runner is based on that or book. a scanner so, darkly yeah and it's also got a screen it's also uh adapted by dan o'bannon <laughs> yeah. yeah whom so. we've talked about on here many times who wrote alien who was a huge huge fan of philip mostly mostly known for dark star of course but you know right. nothing else nothing, <laughs> nothing else didn't write but no uh else. yeah when you talk about machines i this was the second on my list that came up i'm like that's oh a really well, good I, one. that's, a, yeah, that's sh- actually a bottom of the barrel that's really good that nobody remembers yeah and if you haven't seen screamers check it out uh there has to be a way screamers. you know what james see screamers you should see screamers yeah yeah it is it's absolutely it's, it's low fast. budget guys just preparing yeah. you but it's good now and it's not that, low, low budget. It's not Cemetery Man. Uh, I haven't seen Cemetery Man in a long time. You do you can see strings? You and by the way, they weren't even trying to hide them. I love Cemetery Man, but there's an entire scene where you see the rope tied on. The, they, they didn't have the budget to get. They didn't have the budget to even get you know low low visibility fishing line. It's obviously there. But James, what do you got? I want to talk about one that somebody recommended to me and they recommend it to me because we have talked about we've actually talked to two people that worked on chopping mall i don't want to talk about chopping mall we've talked about chopping mall before <laughs> yeah we've talked to the director yeah we I said we've, done two, we've talked to two people that worked on chopping mall that's right serves. now that being said so uh, we've done that and and it just so happened somebody turned me on to a film and they said well if you like chopping mall you totally need to be aware of 
the film that could be its lost sister. And I said, I, okay, sure. Um, and they said, oh, it's a great movie about an elevator that kills. <laughs> Directed, written by, I think he even does the music for it, Dick Moss, Moss, M-A-A-S, uh, The Lift. The Lift. Elevator? There's like three no. movies called Elevator. Yeah. 1983, The Lift. Now, The Lift, the tagline for this movie is, and it's a great tagline, because it's going to tell you right what the movie's about. Take the stairs, for God's sakes, take the stairs. <laughs> we should do this, the boathead version of that. Take the stairs, fatty, for God's <laughs> sakes, take the stairs. So this is a technology gone awry movie, but the twist, a little bit, a little bit of a spoiler, but is that they start to use, and this has been used in several science fiction films since then. Um, they realize that the human brain is quicker than any computer, right? Which is true. Um, doesn't always function as well, but uh, so this company has started to use some some human tissue to make their computer chips faster. Well, one of them gets installed in this elevator. And the elevator starts to, the building gets struck by lightning or something happens like that. And there's four people on the elevator at a time. Well, they almost suffocate. And then they effectively force a reboot of the elevator. The doors open, they get out. But as time goes on, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And by the end of the movie, the the elevator, the lift, uh, has started. Is this a German film, James? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, hold on. Don't don't ruin my spoiler here yet. But. Oh, I'm so sorry. it, it's a Dutch film, actually. Uh, it is, by the end of it, uh, it has started to develop its own organs. Like, it has started to rearrange itself <laughs> where it can survive. And so you get this great scene where they open it and they effectively find this heart, but it's computer chips and it's growing other stuff around it to protect it. Now, that being said, like I said, some people argue it's a sister film, a long-lost sister to Chopping Mall, and you can see that. It definitely has that wacky 80s vibe to it of horror and technology and all that stuff like some of the other films we talked about however dick moss originally eventually remade this for an american audience it was released in theaters originally as down then re-released on dvd as the shaft which starred naomi watts and was her first horror remake before she made the ring there you go so she she did two horror remakes in quick successions and somehow the ring got more attention than the shaft but the shaft well, got the because shaft. you got the gold mine uh, but anyway if, if you've never seen the lift it is i mean if you like wacky 80s horror i mean there's a scene where i mean this is terrible but it's definitely an 80s horror scene the elevator tricks a blind guy into just walking into the shaft like it pretends to be there and open and then it lets him walk into the shaft and he obviously dies. And and the poster for it is classic 80s too. It's a little girl holding like a teddy bear in front of an elevator. And there's a there's a head, there's a hand in the bottom. Yeah. And there's also another one that I like where it's a, a man in a in a leisure suit and his head is trapped in between the doors. <laughs> I mean, it's a 1983 horror. It's a 1983 horror film made in a uh that was Dutch, made for I mean it's in, in English, you can check it out. But uh, and remade again in, for American audiences by the same director. But honestly, it's technology gone awry. And of course, who's ultimately at fault? Humans, because we tried to put our, our DNA and make computer chips better. So 
the oh, lift. By the way, real quick, you can see Screamers on Shutter. Oh, good, good. I still have Shutter. I need to need to. Yeah, me too. I need to watch it, and then I'm probably going to cancel it briefly. But <laughs> I, I, right. I'm not. I'm not anti-shutter. By the way, shutter. If you want to sponsor us, I'm not anti-shutter. Uh, I just, I, I've got so many streaming services, I can't watch them all. I agree. I just got HBO Max and watched *Malignant* last Friday. I watched *Malignant*. I've watched. You're either on board or you're not. Yep. I've watched all. I was on board. I've watched all of *Aqua Teen Hunger Force* now. I've watched all of *Squidbillies* again. Basically, HBO Max is now how I'm doing all my Adult Swim. All right, guys. Any not honorable mentions? Any other ones you want to talk about? I've got one, but you all go, you all go first. No. Go. Um, I've got a, 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 I believe it's from Japan. Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yeah. Have anyone of you all ever seen this? Movie? I've never seen it. So a businessman accidentally kills the metal fetishist uh, who gets revenge by slowly turning the man into a grotesque hybrid of flesh and rusty metal. And it's all about this 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 man who's slowly becoming a big heaping pile of metal. Um, I don't know how I got a VH. My parents picked up a VHS copy of this. It, it said Iron Man on it, so I'm assuming they thought it was a superhero film. <laughs> and it was uh, in black and white. Um, You're not one, the Mothman. One of well, the you most could be the Mothman. One of the most disturbing scenes of the movie is uh, so the man sits down. He's with his girlfriend or something. And they start to make love. And then she it just shows an image of her on top. And then all of a sudden you hear, ah, ah, and then all of a sudden their blood splashes out the back. His wang has turned into a giant drill. That's <laughs> and awful. Cut all the way through her. <laughs> Speaking of giant wangs, can you do that voice again? Because it doesn't sound like it's a giant wang penetrating you. It sounds like you're a cartoon character. it's just funny um yeah no so uh, if we're talking about machine horror uh, you got to talk about the iron man and if you haven't seen it please check out tetsuo the iron man it is bizarre (laughs) my my honorable mention is 1990s hardware directed by richard stanley I'd watched it most of it as a kid, and, and then I watched it a few years ago. I actually prefer it as an adult more than I did then. Yeah, and the reason being is because I, when I watched it as an adult, or I don't know, wasn't that many years ago, I, I just realized how much he got away with. Yeah, that was one of those. Uh, the the hardware is one of those funny stories that I have as a child. Of my mom watched that movie and banned me from seeing it i guess because there's a there was a masturbation scene in it there's correct? a masturbation scene there's a big fat guy who's watching the lady from across the way yeah yeah so she she stopped me from watching that and then immediately gave me predator 2 well it if has that one's okay <laughs> i love predator 2 it has limits. but it opens up with a bunch of naked people being hanged upside down and guns I know, I know but i love predator 2 but a fat man masturbating no 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 well, she just didn't want you to go down that road Fat or uh, masturbation, either one. But anyway, it's got Lemmy from uh, Motorhead, Iggy Pop. It stars actually uh, Dylan McDermott, and Richard Stanley actually got slightly famous from this film. He went on to do a movie called Dust Devil, which did okay, and then that's how he landed the island of Doctor Moreau, and then it's when it all went to hell from there. But I've always appreciated how much he got away with for basically having a robot in a room. If that makes sense to you, gentlemen, for the for the low low budget. And it looks really good. It looks different. It's a different kind of feel. 
I don't know that I can highly recommend you go watch it, though. James. All right, I've got three that I need to mention quickly. One, one just because of Chad. Chad, you mentioned Tetsuo, which a lot of people do know. I mean, I've actually seen this. But have you ever heard of, and let me make sure I get this title right, Battle Heater? No. No. Battle Heater was inspired and probably got made because of the success of Tetsuo. It's a horror film about uh, a heater, a cheap heater. Uh, you know, you cover your legs and you turn on your heater. Well, the heater comes alive and attacks your legs. Battle Heater. If you can find a trailer, watch it. It's a lot of fun. The other two I'm going to mention really briefly, despite your groans. Uh, Amityville has two horror films that involve machines. One is a lamp. And yeah. one's a clock. I, believe I was going to bring. I was going to bring it up, but I passed. I it, believe see. that's four and six, if memory serves. And honestly, going back to Joe's illusion of the Family Guy, it's a haunted lamp. The Stephen King thing. Amityville made so many movies that part four is the lamp. Yeah. And then they they took it. They took a break for part five from having it be a machine. And part six, we honestly get the haunted clock, which is why you don't buy machines. Is that the one the that was made for TV? I believe so. Uh, uh, Tony those, Randall. Yeah, Tony I think Randall one directed made that. for TV, and I think that's actually it. Um, yeah, it was Tony Randall, uh, and and I'm uh, who directed Hellraiser two. Is yeah. it's a director. It's Amityville. It's about time. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, you, you may be right. That may be uh, not a good movie. Um, there's time travel in it. There's possession. There's oh, I saw everything. What would be uh, so closing question then to both of you? What would be the stupidest haunted machine you could think of? We've seen cars, we've seen clocks, we've seen lamps. What would be one know. that would just just be like, no, that's not. I mean, a microwave could be creepy, but the haunted electric pencil sharpener. Oh, well, that could do good. damage. I was thinking like a microphone simply because it's in front of me. What 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 could a microphone do to you? I mean, it, it could electrocute you. Yeah. I'm not touching it. It could it's persuade me. you. <laughs> to persuade it. That's that is one job talking microphone, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is one silky smooth. I mean fucking you may uh, look blue. on YouTube, mine glows red and be like, ooh, touch the red light. Oh well, in the cases of Chad, I mean you could argue that it could figure out how to dim its lights and somewhat and have a hypnotic effect. There's Did I just several... write a movie? Did I write a movie? Can we do that movie? No, I can't. I can't write that. I mean, I could write it over a weekend, but I'd be so mad at myself. I don't know. There's so many bad ones. And what's it like to still have dignity? <laughs> well, I don't know that I have dignity, but I mean, and Stephen King's done several of them. I mean, he even did. There's a story called Word Processor of the Gods about a word processor that makes things kind of come true. I mean, people yeah. have done that with typewriters before as well. That's Who, an old trope. Wasn't I was to say? Wasn't there? There, there's. I want to say um, Scientology. Asimov. Uh, no, no, Asimov didn't do. Oh crap! Harlan Ellison. No. Harlan Ellison created, created George Lucas's Scientology. L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard even has a story along those lines that has nothing to do with Scientology. Uh, when he was writing straight science fiction. Well, so, the I thing mean, yeah. is, we've been afraid of machines. We, we're still afraid. We're afraid of AI now. I mean, just like well, you were talking about Child's Play earlier, we're afraid of that as well. I mean, we're afraid of things that can do things better than us. 
Well, and that's actually, that's an excellent point. I mean, the one of the early horror films you could, uh, we don't view it as horror, we view it as folklore now, but John Henry, right? Mm-hmm. John Henry is a man that is beat to death. I mean, he wins, but he dies because a machine has made him obsolete. Yep. And, and so, which is a fascinating story that that story even got saved by society, right? Because mm-hmm. he was African-American during a time that was deeply racist. And yet that story is so compelling, yeah. it, got, it got passed on. So there is something about man versus machine that is is horrific. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that's about it. Unless anybody has anything else to add. If you uh, want to check out a literary version of it, check out a- of Apes in Essence by um, oh crap, who wrote uh, Aldous Huxley? Aldous Huxley wrote a book, and it's actually about how apes um, would kill us off. Except in the future, it's kind of it's kind of like uh, Planet of the Apes, except they can't work our machines, so they keep us alive and enslaved to yeah. work machines. So if you want a weird take on that's a take on what we're talking about with Planet of the Apes, check out of Apes in Essence by Aldous Huxley. And we there you go. And we didn't even talk about the Matrix either. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Watch out for your electric pencil sharpener. My hairdryer mocks me. Uh-huh.